Grace, mercy, and peace be and abide with each you in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. I have to stand before you and honestly say, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how, you know, a group of some 13 people and a, a little bit of a, a vision planted by the founding pastor of Trinity Lutheran in Summerfield, how it became the church that Amazing Grace is today, how this church has accomplished and done the things that it has. I really don't know. And so often I run into people, and yesterday uh, was one of those examples where I think at least three people said something to me to that effect about, you know, what this church has become uh, starting so small, what this church is even doing right now as it is in the process of opening up an early learning center to serve its community. And part of what I say is, I don't know. But the response I get from them when they begin to hear a little bit of the story of Amazing Grace or they observe what they see God has done and the word is amazing. And it is. So often that is a conversation that I end up having. So how did the church become what it is? And not only Amazing Grace but the Lord's church. Because think about it, 2,000 years ago it began with truly just a, a few dozen people to becoming today a church of you know some 2.2 billion people at least is the most common number that is offered as how many people in the world today are Christian. And how is it that the church is on every continent, the church is in every nation, and how is it even today that the church in places that you would not expect it, but like in the continent of Africa, where it is exceeding 65% Christian today? Or how is it that in a country like China, that Christianity is literally growing by millions each month? The truth is, I don't really know, but it is. In our text today, Jesus speaks of something so small that if you wanted to see it, you couldn't, but let me try. See the seed I'm holding? No? How about if I just lay it on the side of my hand? It's so small, it's basically equivalent to a grain of sand on the beach. And this is what our Lord, as he used a parable to implant great imagery, right? Into the hearts and the minds of his disciples, those who were following him, those who had come to hear him again preach. And he uses this imagery of such a small, tiny seed to say the kingdom of heaven it's like this. I don't know about you, but when I look at that seed, it is so insignificant, so tiny, so puny. I think to myself, how could anything great or of value come from it? But this is what Jesus said. I quote, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. 
They seem to be opposites. They don't seem to go together. But that's what our Lord said. It seems difficult then for us to reconcile the words of our Savior with this tiny seed. If that is what the Lord wants us to remember and to be taught again and to grasp hold of again today, the kingdom of God, like a mustard seed, merely appears insignificant, unimpressive, and incapable of doing anything great. But hold on. It's important to begin by understanding that the kingdom of God to which Jesus refers is a reference to himself and his saving work. And even behind that, I'll add one more element. I mentioned it as I welcomed you. But again, remember John's opening words in the Gospel of John chapter 1. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word of God may appear as a babe born in Bethlehem, insignificant, incapable of doing anything great. But watch God work. In Luke chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus sat with the people. He taught them. He healed them. And then he proclaimed this. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. The Word became flesh, and it dwelt amongst you. Christ, in His presence, here, now, is working. But just as that tiny mustard seed can't be seen from more than a, a few feet away, Jesus often appeared insignificant, unimpressive, incapable of doing anything great. And at first glance, the kingdom of God didn't seem to be much of a kingdom at all. Christ had no armies. Instead, he had 12 ordinary men that were following him. And then he gathered together, you know, just a very interesting lot of people. Undesirable people, some would say. Sinners, prostitutes, tax collectors. Some kingdom that was. Insignificant, unimpressive. What great thing could you guys do? And talk about unimpressive. What else would you think when its king was hauled off, beaten and hung on a cross and died? Jesus, it appeared, was no match for a few armed guard from the temple or much less for the great army of Rome. And then... It seemed as though he got tongue-tied. No answer to his accusers. No eloquent final words for his followers. Hanging there on the cross, he looked helpless. And dead? Well, nothing really can good come from that. What good's he going to do us dead? Of course, Jesus knew all this. That was exactly his point when he spoke of the mustard seed. He said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade." 
something so unimpressive, seemingly incapable of doing anything great, would come a plant so wonderful that living creatures would find refuge, shade, and a home in its plant, in itself. And so today, when it comes to us, when it comes to the kingdom of God, we Christians would be wise to remember and believe this lesson because not much has changed. Consider, the kingdom of God is amongst us. His word is here. Christ is here. Jesus is still active today among us as he was when he healed the paralytic man and forgave his sins. He is as active today as the day he gave sight to blind Bartimaeus. He is as active today among us as when he fed 5,000. For Jesus comes to us through what we know as the means of grace. His word, our baptism, the Lord's Supper. And to the world outside, these things seem so insignificant. A few ancient words, and who knows how many times they've been changed, and how do we know that they can be relied upon and they are true? And that's water, and that's bread, and that's wine, but where's the power in that? See, that's how the world looks at it. And yet, we are assured over and over again that God is still present. God is here. He is working. What is even maybe worse is that when viewed by Christians, the kingdom of God among us still seems insignificant, unimpressive, and incapable of doing anything great. And as the church changes in the United States and in much of the West, as we see it deteriorating seemingly before our eyes, at least as we have known it, and we look and we see how churches are shrinking and dying, 200 churches a month close. As we see in America today, offerings are down, membership is down, missions are down. And we say, where's the power? Maybe they're right. Maybe it is insignificant. And we begin to doubt and we begin to recoil. And if that's not enough, then we're tempted to water down the Word to make it more palatable or even well, to minimize the cross and to make it less offensive. You see, this is what happens when Christians lose heart, believing the kingdom is just an insignificant mustard seed. And when that is all we can see, we're in trouble. So once more, let's call to heart and mind the truth of our Savior's words. The kingdom merely appears insignificant, unimpressive, or incapable of doing anything great. Jesus said that while the mustard seed is the smallest, when it's planted, it grows and becomes the largest plant in the garden. And when left to human wisdom and logic, such growth is unbelievable. Yet with the eyes of faith, we believe it, we behold it. Yes, in faith, we see things as they are. Every Sunday morning, every time we gather together in worship, in Bible study, in fellowship together, and where His Word is present, there the gospel of Jesus Christ is sown. 
Their people hear. There even some come to faith. They repent. And at that very moment, our God in heaven rejoices. Hmm. It seems insignificant to the world and even at times to our eyes. We're like, you know, there's only about 25 of us here today. Maybe we don't need to have church with that few people. But God is present. His power is here in His Word, in the means of grace. Here the Almighty and the merciful Creator speaks to us by His Word, and we respond to Him with our prayers in the name of our crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, here, sins are forgiven. My sins, your sins, they are paid for by the death of our Savior. And we receive that forgiveness through the absolution and through that simple bread and wine. But He is present there. The world around us wants to tell us, yeah, that's just nothing. And that's just another poor baby born 2,000 years ago, you guys have made a big deal about. And they see what we do, they don't understand. But listen to Jesus' words. That kingdom of God is like that mustard seed. As small, as insignificant as it is, it does become great. And many will find shelter in its shade. So where is that seed planted in your life? Several thoughts run through my mind. One, no wonder I need, you need, to regularly be in worship, in God's house, letting that seed again be planted to take root and heart in you. And I wonder about how you wonder, you know, what can I do? I'm just me. I'm not eloquent. I can't speak. I don't have any real skill or talent. You know, I can't play the organ. I can't play an instrument. I don't know how to teach a Bible study or... Hmm. Fathers, think of this. Five minutes reading a devotion with a child you've planted that simple seed of the kingdom into the heart of that child. Aunts, uncles, grandparents, whomever you are, you have that same opportunity with what seems insignificant to the world for a few minutes of devotion or a scripture reading or a prayer with a child or another person and you plant that mighty, powerful seed of the gospel. How about to that individual whom you know doesn't have a church home and for as far as you know they don't have a relationship they don't understand the power of the kingdom the power of forgiveness and life that is offered through our resurrected lord jesus christ and a simple invitation from you to come and to join you in worship where that seed can be planted where the holy spirit can work and where that seed can grow And another can receive the forgiveness of sins. Maybe it's as simply as you hear the neighbors arguing next door and you pray for them. And maybe when the opportunity finally comes, 
and they know that you're approachable, as my neighbor approached me two weeks ago and said, James, I'm really struggling. Can you pray? You might think you're insignificant. But recognize, celebrate, and honor the seed of faith of the kingdom planted in you. Because it's not you then who's doing it. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in His power and in His means of grace that He can work not only in you, but through you for His kingdom. What a beautiful thing. From a little simple, tiny mustard seed as the kingdom of God appears so insignificant, unimpressive, and incapable of doing anything great. But by God's power and God's presence, the dwelling of Jesus Himself, look at what great things He can do. Maybe I need to retract what I said. Maybe when I said, I don't know how amazing grace became what it is. I don't know how we've raised the funds and built debt-free, at least within $30,000, this early learning center to open. And I say, I don't know. Truth is, I need to retract that. I do know it. It's because the seed of the kingdom has been planted in you. And you are the church. And He is doing great things through us, the very body of Christ in this place. Amen.